KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Kids explore the new pictures from space at the San Diego Air and Space Museum. So bringing the known into the unknown is one of the things that we're trying to do. I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. This is KPBS Midday Edition. Plans begin to take shape to shore up the crumbling Del Mar Bluffs. A big collapse could happen anywhere along this bluff at any moment in time. That's our problem right now. And our weekend preview spans the range of arts, music, painting, and theater. That's ahead on Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. In a number of dazzling images this week, we were lifted out of our everyday problems to gaze upon the universe as we've never seen it before. NASA calls it a celebration for everyone on Earth. Five images from the James Webb Space Telescope took us deep into space and 13 billion years into the past. The images are clear, brilliant and almost incomprehensible in their complexity. But San Diego's Air and Space Museum used the pictures as a teachable moment, opening up the wonders of real galaxies far, far away to San Diego's children. Joining me is San Diego Air and Space Museum Education Director, Becky Gould. Becky, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. We are so excited about the new telescope. Well, you know, even amateur space enthusiasts have a difficult time figuring out what these spectacular pictures show. So how do you explain them to kids? Well, I think a lot of times I let the kids tell me what they see. And then we try to point out some of the major features, maybe a spiral galaxy or the black hole, and then have them bring it down to something that maybe relates to what they've seen. For instance, some of the light is bending in the deep field one, and you can have explained that it's like going around a barrier when you walk. So bringing the known into the unknown is one of the things that we're trying to do. You know, we've heard that pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope show us images from the past. What does that really mean? So when the light is emitted from a star or a galaxy, it takes time to travel from that galaxy to where the James Webb Telescope is. So what we're seeing is really the light that was emitted 13 million, 13 billion years ago. So it's a very strange concept to me, but when you look at the light, it's on how far it's traveled. So it's both a measure of distance and time. So one of the pictures seems to show a, a small brilliant lights scattered across the picture. It's a galactic cluster and it's being called that deep field image that you talked about. What are we seeing in that picture? 
So that's an interesting thing. So I have seen it described as holding a piece of sand on the end of your finger at arm's length. That's as much as the picture that we're seeing. It doesn't have anything known in it. If you were looking on Earth, it would appear to be black sky. And here we are seeing thousands and tens of thousands of galaxies in it. So it is the picture of kind of taking a snapshot of what the sky is. And it's allowing scientists to really look and see just what is out there. And with the five different ways of measuring the night sky and being able to take longer exposures because the telescope is a million miles from Earth, it really gives you a different look at a place that has appeared to be blank for so long. Why do the galaxies in that picture have different colors? So it depends on what kind of stars are in the galaxy. So some stars are going to be uh, older and they're going to burn less hot and appear more red. And some stars are going to be newer and they're going to be burning at a very high rate. And those are the blue stars. So we can definitely tell the age of the star depending on the color that it has. And the galaxies will be the different colors depending on the age of the stars in the galaxies. One of the most striking images to me, it almost looks like a mountain range. It's the Carina Nebula, I believe it's pronounced. Is this where stars are born? Yes, this is where stars are born. So the cliffs that you're seeing are a swirl of gas and dust and gravity and energy. And you can see the pinpricks of light are the baby stars and they are shining blue because they are doing that. So as they form, they are being moved away from this. And that is um, how they're going to be forming new galaxies. So it's very exciting to take something that we've seen in fuzzy images through Hubble and seeing such a clear images with the James Webb Telescope. Are we expecting to see more spectacular images from the Webb Telescope? Yes, I've heard that they have some fabulous pictures of Jupiter that should be released any day now, and they are doing images almost every day. So teams of scientists can apply to have research time, and they can pick a target in the galaxy, and then they can look at this target and have the exposure time and then get the images back from the telescope. So astronomers are making a mad dash for time um, to have their piece of the universe uncovered for them. How long will the Webb telescope be taking pictures? The mission is scheduled for five to 10 years, but I'm sure that if the telescope will work longer, that we will continue to use it as long as it is functioning. And finally, Becky, what kind of responses did you get from the children who attended Telescope Day at the museum? The children had a marvelous time. They were looking at the images and trying to decide why the black hole was actually white. We also had some stomp rockets to kind of talk about rockets and how things get to space. And we had some pinwheel galaxies so that we could really explain on how galaxies are formed, how galaxies are shaped, and how they move, that they're orbiting just like a pinwheel. And then we also had some free NASA stickers, which are always a hit. And you have some space-related instruction with children going on today. Is that an ongoing thing at the Space Museum? Yes. So for the general public, everybody can come in. We have two space exhibits. One is Galileo, and kind of the beginnings of space exploration. And then we have our space gallery. And then here in education, we have all kinds of programs that schools and other people can come and visit and get a lesson on space. 
Over the spring, we've really been contemplating moon colonization and what it would take to live on the moon, everything from houses to rovers to farming. And that's been really fun to see kids' reactions to thinking about the next steps. Okay, then I've been speaking with San Diego Air and Space Museum Education Director Becky Gould. Becky, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. The Del Mar coastline will change as work begins on a project to shore up the crumbling bluffs. And there's a multi-billion dollar proposal to move the train tracks on top of the bluffs. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. To our south is the beginning of two miles of a railroad track that runs right along the very top of this coastal bluff. Delmar Council member Terry Gasterlund is taking in the sweeping view on top of the cliff that has grabbed so many headlines recently. A big collapse could happen anywhere along this bluff at any moment in time. That's our problem right now. And that's trouble for train tracks that skirt the coast along the top of the bluff. Collapse in 1941 deposited a freight train on the beach below. Recent bluff collapses present an ongoing threat one of the nation's busiest rail corridors. The $68 million project calls for pilings to be driven deep into the bluff. That would secure the track foundation, and soon-to-be-built seawalls will keep the ocean at bay. But the cost is bigger than just money. That bluff stabilization project is going to bury 49,000 square feet of current open, sandy beach along Del Mar. At high tide, when the tide meets the seawalls, there's no beach left. Maintaining the rail line is important to a lot of people. The Los Angeles to San Diego tracks serve some two million passengers a year. It is the second busiest urban rail corridor in the nation. The North County Transit District's Chris Orlando says the train tracks help reduce the region's carbon footprint. Our coaster line is the region's most effective reducer of vehicle miles travel. So really effective way uh, to keep folks off the road. Orlando says the freight train also keeps 24,000 trucks off local highways. That's why another plan, moving the tracks inland, is so appealing. But there are challenges there, too. Moving the tracks requires a tunnel under Del Mar, a project with a price tag close to $3 billion. Is it a cost worth paying? And the answer is absolutely yes. San Diego Association of Government CEO Hassan Ikrada says preserving the rail corridor through Del Mar helps meet his agency's commitment to mass transit. It is all about making uh, our transit uh, as a, a viable option for people to use. It doesn't mean that we want to force people out of their car. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to leave their car. But if you provide a decent option, maybe 10% of our residents will, will use it and therefore will free capacity in the highway system. $300 million in the just signed state budget will help pay for crucial environmental work and design plans to move the tracks inland. Ikrata hopes that leads to a shovel-ready project in just a couple of years. But $300 million falls far short of what could be a $3 billion price tag. 
Congressman Mike Levin says the recently passed bipartisan federal infrastructure law was designed for projects like this. There are a couple of big buckets of money, uh, one for uh, resilience uh, and another for transit. Levin says the eroding bluffs have already forced the rail corridor to shut down intermittently, and the region feels the impact. Every month you shut it down is roughly a $100 million economic impact to our greater region uh, because of, again, the economic importance uh, each year of that corridor. Terry Gasterland hopes the pressure and opportunity will make the track relocation project a reality for Del Mar. She says everyone wins. We get double tracking on a corridor that's poised to grow. We get safe freight and passenger conveyance along tracks that are not on a crumbling bluff anymore. So we get security and we get solidity. The tracks could be gone by 2030 if everything goes as planned, but if there are hiccups and the schedule drags out, there will be extra time because the temporary fixes will secure the bluffs for 30 years. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. This is KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. On this weekend preview, art in nine parks across the region, jazz and folk music, what's new at the Timken, and a theater production during Pride. Joining me with all the details is KPBS arts producer and editor, Julia Dixon-Evans. And Julia, welcome. Hi, Maureen. Thanks for having me. Let's start with Pride and the teen versionary production of Strings That Bind. Yeah, this is one of the things I look for every year at Pride. It's Diversionary Theater's teen program and their summer production. It's an intensive three-week rehearsal program, and the summer project lines up with Pride every year. Last year, they performed outdoors. It was a scaled-back mini Pride weekend. But this year, they're back on the actual stage at the Diversionary, which has been newly remodeled. So for this show, the teen versionary team is nine LGBTQ or allied youth and director Wilfred Paloma. The play is about being seen as puppets of the system and how to navigate that. It will incorporate puppet style movements, poetry, music, spoken word, art, and dance. There are two shows during Pride weekend, 3 p.m. on Friday and 4 p.m. on Saturday at Diversionary in University Heights. It's free, but reservations are required so that you can get your seat in the theater. And now for something a bit more spread out across the city. In the past, you've told us about Park Social, the city's new public art project. But this weekend, there's a special event. Tell us about Park Social Exploration Day. 
Right. So Park Social launched in May, runs through November with 18 art installations gradually rolling out in city parks, whether in the form of sculptures, interactive um, activations or workshops, performances, other sort of community events. The idea was that you could gradually explore parks on your own time and discover art. But this Saturday, they're making a day of it, and nine of the projects will all be on view with events and performances, most of them in their finished form. I do have one highlight, but you should check out a map of the projects and try to hit up the ones near your neighborhood or maybe ones in parts of the city you haven't really discovered yet. Margaret Noble's Locked Groove is really cool. It's a sound-based installation at Plumosa Park in Point Loma with designs that are stenciled with chalk spray paint around the perimeter of the park in bright colors, these geometric patterns, and she's created a sound mixer. You can dial it up on your device and and play with the levels yourself as you walk. It has four distinct loops of sound recordings made from the four everyday rhythms that she identified and that she's trying to capture in this work. Those are domestic, natural, industrial, and social. And Park Social has maps for all of the projects. They're also doing a kind of passport for the day. So if you visit several of the parks, you can get that stamped. You can find links for that on our website, kpbs.org. Now, sticking with visual art for a little longer, the Timken Museum recently reopened in Balboa Park after some renovations. What's on view? Yeah, and I love that the Timken has always been free, so it's nice to have it finally reopened. That was just in June. Um, It was closed for the entire pandemic. And with their reopening, one of the things they've relaunched is the Summer Artist Residency. Um, Marinella Delahose is this year's resident, and her exhibition, Destajitas, or Unwoven, is focused on the character of Penelope from Homer's Odyssey, who Penelope famously fended off a hundred suitors while her husband was off doing his thing in the Trojan War. And their resulting exhibition just opened this week. Um, it's lots of her character-driven paintings. One of the things that Delahaz was particularly inspired by for this exhibition was how Penelope spent years weaving and then unraveling a burial shroud for her father. And her exhibition really adds so much dimension to this character of Penelope. And the works will be on view through the summer, through September 4th. And the Timken is open and free to the public from 10 to 5 on Wednesday through Sunday. And now, some music. Jazz singer Leonard Patton and folk singer-songwriter Gregory Page are performing together on stage this weekend in an unconventional pairing. So what can we expect? Yeah, this isn't the first time that Gregory Page and Leonard Patton have performed together. Page is a longtime folk rocker and guitarist, and Leonard Patton is an incredibly versatile jazz singer. Uh, This is his recent recording of Somebody Come and Play from his LP50 recording project. Somebody come and play today. Somebody come and be my friend. And watch the sun till it rains again. Somebody come and play today.
They're doing performances at the Jazz Lounge, which is a venue opened by Leonard Patton during the pandemic. They live stream their concerts, and then if you do have tickets, it's a really nice, intimate setting inside. There's two performances, Friday and Saturday at 6.30, and they'll be together on stage and finding kind of the musical spaces where their different styles come together. The concert is called LP and GP Collide. And remember, because of the level of COVID cases now in San Diego, CDC guidelines recommend masking in indoor venues. You can find details on these and more arts events or sign up for Julia's weekly arts newsletter at kpbs.org slash arts. I've been speaking with KPBS arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Maureen. Have a good weekend. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.